Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. is all my righteousness and this Worshiping you and praising you with all of our might. The Bible says in 2 Samuel, I believe, chapter 6, that when the ark of the presence of the Lord came into the city of Jerusalem, David danced until he danced out of his robe. Because for 20 years, the presence of the Lord was not in the city where he belonged. And so we thank you because in the midst of this third pandemic, third virus, you have shown up in Pentecostal Chapel. And we give you the honor and glory. Now I pray that my speech and my preaching will not be with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but let it be with demonstration of power that people's faith will not rest in the wisdom of Brian Green, but in the power of God. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of you. Let the eyes of the understanding of our heart be enlightened so that we would know what is the hope of your calling, what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance that you have 
and each and one of us who are your saints. And help us to know the exceeding greatness of your power towards us who believe because it's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. We honor you and bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, before you take your seat, if you're near somebody, just give them an elbow if you can. Just give them an elbow. Praise the name of the Lord. If you're at home and you're sitting next to somebody, you can, of course, you can slap them fives and all sorts of good things like that. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you, PT. It is so good to see so many of you out this morning. And, you know, God bless those of you who may not be in this room, but you are yet in the room. We call the YouTube room, and we are worshiping together in the presence of the Lord. God is so good, is he not? Amen. I just have to give him praise. Can you say that with me again? This is going to be a good year. You to, I want that confession to come out of your mouth no matter what happens. Uh, one, of the, one of my scriptures that I hold on to is Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, where the writer says, let us hold firmly to the profession. The word profess, pro meaning forward and fess with meaning to speak. Let us hold firmly to the speaking forth of our faith without wavering because he is faithful who promised. And so this is going to be a good year. I want to uh, remind you that on Saturday, this Saturday, I'll be doing the new partnership class. And so if you are either interested in becoming a partner or you're just, you, you come to PT regular, regularly and you want to learn a little bit more about our church, uh, please join the partnership class. Again, the partnership class does not mean you necessarily want, you necessarily intend to join the church, but at least you should know more about our church. And so God bless you. And thank you so much. Uh, I, would be admit, I would be remiss, I think that's the word, if I did not express my appreciation for all of the cards and text messages and emails and postings that I received for my birthday, and I'm grateful to you. I don't take that for granted, and I'm excited today because today is my younger brother's youngest, my only brother. Today is his birthday, and he turned 60 today, my brother Kevin. Happy birthday, Kevin. And, and, and one of the things that I don't take our relationship for granted, you know, we, we've seen the first uh, brother relationship did not go well, Cain and Abel. <laughs> Amen. Uh, but we, we always had a great relationship. And, um, and I'm blessed, and my mom's blessed that out of her, she only has two children, and they both love the house of God. And so I, I thank God for um, my brother Kevin. Uh, Acts chapter 4, verse 23 to 34, reading from the King James Version. And being let go, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. And when they heard that they raised their voice, that is the congregation raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. Notice they didn't pray, God, get us out of here. They didn't say, watch this now, God, just let this pandemic end so that life will be easier. You should. Don't you want the pandemic to end? Sure, I want it to end. But you know what? I really believe that this is our greatest opportunity to share Christ. Because, oh man, because people are so hopeless. <laughs> I wish I could tell you all the doors that have been opening to me that were previously shut because of the pandemic. People who told me, we don't want you here. They didn't say it, but their actions said it. Now it's like, please come, Bishop. 
oh, I thank God in the pandemic. Are you hearing this? Not for it, but in it. Because the scripture says, in everything, give thanks because this is the will of God. You want to know God's will for your life? Give him thanks. They said, no, don't get, it, don't, don't, don't get us out of here, but give us boldness to speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal that signs and wonders may be done through the name, the reputation of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, Lord have mercy, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. Did you feel a shaken this morning? And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. And now the multitude of those who believe were of one heart and one soul, that is one mind. And neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And this is the one I want you to focus in on. And great grace was on just Peter and John. Great grace was on everybody who was in that space. Nor was there anyone among them who lacked. I believe that this is a season where we're going to see a greater manifestation of the grace of God. Why? Because the Bible says where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. And I like what one pastor said many years ago, uh, Luther, Luther Blackwell, he said, there will always be more grace than sin. There will always be more grace than the virus. I wanted to speak to you on the 5G church. And I want those of you in the, online to get ready to write some things in the chat. I just want to ask your opinion. And so get ready to write in the chat. So what, what all this happened? All of this happened, this gathering together of the church to pray because of threatenings that had occurred, uh, it all started in Acts chapter 3 when Peter and John were just going to a prayer meeting. And at that 3 p.m. prayer meeting, just before it started, the Holy Spirit disrupted what was supposed to be a nice prayer meeting. And Peter and John healed a man who could not walk for decades with such an a, a, a evidence of healing that as, as Josh McDowell has a book that I like the title, Peter and John provided evidence that demanded a verdict. Like either this guy got healed by luck or he was faking for those decades, or he got healed by the power of God. And everybody knew he got healed, and Peter, unlike some of uh, ministers today, instead of seeing a man get saved and follow me here, I'm just using my imagination, instead of passing out cards saying, I'm a healing minister, and if you want me to come to your church, please dial, you know, 1-888-PROFIT, P-R-O-F-I-T. <laughs> he uses it as an opportunity to share the gospel. And 5,000 men, the men only, which if it's anything like when he shared the gospel in Acts chapter 10, he shared the gospel with Cornelius and his whole household. 
God saves. So we could probably look at this and say, maybe at least 15 to 20,000 people got saved and gave their lives to Jesus Christ. And of course, because of that, the, the religious people, the people who thought Jesus was dead, the people who were continually stuck in tradition, they were upset and they threatened these men because Peter uh, really confronted the nation, the city, including leaders about Jesus' death. You need to understand that Jesus basically, you know, the Bible says that after Jesus died, he was, um, he, he walked the earth and made himself visible to certain people, particularly at least, the Bible says in Corinthians, at least 500 people saw Jesus. We know that the disciples saw Jesus because, because we, unfortunately, remember Thomas saying, hey, I don't believe it. If I need to touch the, the, the nail prints in his hands and, the, and the, the spear that was shoved in his side, then I'll believe it. And of course, Jesus shows up and says, hey, put your, put your fingers in my hands. And, and, and Thomas repented for his doubt. So we know that at least 500 people saw Jesus Christ uh, raised from the dead. And, uh, and that was for 40 days. And some of you, uh, you, you, you say to yourself, boy, I wish I lived in the days of the apostles because then I could really believe. No, that's not true. Because the Bible says 500 people heard Jesus Christ say, go back to Jerusalem and wait for the coming of the promise of the Holy Spirit. And only 25% of those, less than 25% of those 500 who saw him for themselves returned to Jerusalem to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And so, of course, on the 50th day after Jesus dies, uh, the Holy Spirit falls and 3,000 people, a man gets saved. And so my guess is that at least probably around 90 days after Jesus is assumed dead and gone with and we, we've got rid of him, no more problems, all of a sudden these dudes who have been hanging out with Jesus, speak his name, and he gets, the, they produce this amazing miracle. And the religious leaders, they could not deny the miracle. So they threatened Peter and John, said, don't you ever speak that name again. And of course, they basically said it's better to obey God than man. We're going to continue to speak about the wonderful things that we have heard and we've seen with our own eyeballs. And they return back to the church. They return back to the church. I cannot emphasize the fact that this is a day when you need the church. You always need church. But this is a moment that you really I really need the church. And I want to encourage you. I know, you know and this is, this is not a moment, please understand my heart. I'm not trying to shame anybody because uh, I know some of us have you know, uh, uh, concerns and immunocompromise and anxiety and a lot of things with regards to coming to church Sunday morning and and. I am I'm so grateful that even if you can't make it here, you can at least press a button and make it <laughs> to service, are you hearing me? Service here virtually. But to get off of social media because you're taking places you're taking pictures going every place you, you, you all going places that I wouldn't even go <laughs> and, 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 
places where I'm like, nah, I, I want to be, I'm trusting God, but I'm not going to tempt God. I mean, there's some places that you're like, nah, I'll, I'll, I'll wait till the virus goes on. But when it comes to church, all of a sudden, you got to use wisdom. That is the devil. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm talking about if you go in every other place but the house of God, and if you have children, I'm telling you right now, you are forming in your children the habit of church is not important. And then when your kids get older, because you have sown years into your children's spirit that church is not important, now, now you want the church to go on a 40-day fast because your kid is acting crazy. And when I mean crazy, I'm not talking about, you know, psychological problems, and I know people have challenges. I'm talking about your, ch <laughs> your child is acting like a sinner who is out of his, her mind, that they, they have deviated from the things that you taught them as a, as a child, but you didn't realize that what you also taught them is that the house of God is not important. In the midst, I am preaching this word. See, you need to understand, when you read the book of Hebrews, it is a book that is written to uh, Jewish people who gave their life to Jesus Christ who were under persecution. I know we like, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. He, he didn't write that so you can get a better house and a better car. It was written because Jewish people were being persecuted, and some of them were ready to say, you know what, this Jesus Christian stuff, I don't know if this is worth me being, being persecuted. And so the writer had to encourage them, say, hold firmly to the profession of your faith. Don't waver. And he also said, in the midst of this, watch it, in the midst of the persecution, forsake not the assembling of yourself. Don't let persecution keep you from gathering in the church together. It's not forsake not the symbol of yourself like it's some dessert item. Well, I guess, you know, I'll come in. No. It, this is during persecution, when it, when it was dangerous to assemble. So when I see, and I don't mention any names, when I see uh, uh, parents here who, who, who bring their children into the house of the Lord, I am a witness. I am a witness. I am a witness. At 63 years old, my brother at 60, that we were, we were brought to the house of the Lord more times. How many were raised in a church where you had four services on a Sunday? Shoot, four services on a Sunday. And, and my point, and my point son, Sunday was, was church all day. <laughs> all day. Yeah, all day and all night. Okay. But I really believe that even when we wanted to wander away from the church, what my mom and dad sowed into me, they always came back. And I am prophesying, I believe the, year's going to, the day is going to come where God is going to slowly call backsliders, kids who were raised in church, who gave up on church, they all of a sudden stop popping in this room, okay, because of the fact that they were their parents sold into them coming to church, planted into them coming to church. And will we get in the harvest or for a seed that we did not plant? Yeah. Praise the name of the Lord. Yeah. Mm. Praise the name of the Lord. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And so I want to, you know, we sang, for those of you first-time guests, whether you're in the room, thank you, sir. You, you are to be commended to come out here after a snowstorm in the midst of a pandemic, you know, God bless you. Uh, and those of you online, God bless you. God bless you for coming and joining us. We want to make it worth your while. What's worth your while that you have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Now, 
Our mission as a church is restoring broken lives. Restoring broken lives, that is our mission. And so um, I have a little image here of what, what restoring broken lives is. It's just an image. And I want you to, restoration sounds like a good thing, right? Like restoration is not a bad thing. And so I want you to put in the chat, when you look at this image of restoring broken lives, how does it make you feel? What, what does it make you think about when you see this image of restoring broken lives? How, how does this make you feel regarding the mission of our church? We are sent to see lives that have been broken by the consequences of sin. Sometimes people are broken by the consequences of other people's sin. One of the things that have blessed me, uh, uh, a young woman uh, wrote uh, me, got a lot of, I got a lot of, um, and it's a blessing, when, especially when you get my age, you stop being, you start looking back because you have, uh, honestly, you probably have more years looking back than you have looking forward. And that's why uh, Joe, Joel chapter 2 verse 28 says, old men will have dreams, but young men will have visions. And uh, one person said, uh, Bishop Green, I'm grateful for you because God used you to heal, um, to heal my relationship with my dad and my stepdad. In other words, they're like, because of the, by the grace of God, the anointing on me as a, as a father in the Lord, um, just, just drawn that from that anointing, it brought healing to this person. And my point is, is that by the grace of God, no, we were used to able to restore that person's relationship with their dad and stepdad. So as a church, we, we want to see lives restored to the glory of God, to the glory of God. We, we don't have no power to restore anything or anybody. We, we can't even restore ourselves. So it, it's, it's by the glory of God, seeing these lives not only restored, but then going, going back into their lives, into their missions, and doing what they could never do prior to the restoration so that when people look at them and say, only God could have done that. Because I, I remember that person in their brokenness and the only explanation I can come to is maybe they were lucky. And that's why, this is a good word, that's why you have to testify what Jesus did for you so that people will not be left to their own opinion as to what happened to you. Ooh, that was a good word right there. And that's why, you know, I, I praise God when you have testimony time and, and that's why you need to be in small groups to have testimony times because that's very important because it's, uh, I think it's, I always get it mixed up, but I think it's Revelation 12, verse 11, 11, verse 12, 1 and 2, where it says, they overcame by the blood of the lamb. That's why I love that so those blood songs and the words of my te that testimony. You, you, you got to tell, tell people that that job you got was not luck. You got to tell people that that, that, that person, that, that, that God bringing, that your relationship coming together was not just because you saw a good therapist. You, you gotta, you gotta testify. You gotta tell people what the Lord has done. So we used to hear a song growing up. And there's something about growing up in a Pentecostal church because in a Pentecostal church, and I'm, I'm one of them, you used to, you sing a song that they all sound the same, but there'd just be one sentence. I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. God's not dead. He's still alive. You know, the, and, and same, same, you know, same tune. 
few words. Anybody raised in the church like that? I was. But we, we used to sing a song, you don't know like I know. What he's done for me. And they would say, I know. I know what he's done for me. And then, this is my favorite one. You can't tell it like I can tell it. I wonder if the Lord is not doing more for some of us because when he did what he did, you didn't tell somebody that he did it. So instead of God getting the glory, luck does. Instead of God giving glory, some person that God sent into your life to help you got the glory. You need to declare that God, you get the glory. Jesus did it. Don't be ashamed to, 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 to tell the world that Jesus did it. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? Oh. Stop being politically correct with the name of Jesus. Because Acts chapter 4 says there's no other name under earth whereby you can get saved. Mm. So I want to talk about the 5G church. I'm just going to kind of introduce us into it and then we'll talk a little bit more about what a 5G church is. The word 5G is short for fifth generation technology. Fifth generation technology. And the main difference between these generations of technology basically is processing speed. Okay, processing speed. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, I am technologically ignorant, okay? And, and so I, I, I spoke to and talked to a few people who, who like the old Geico commercial, so easy a caveman can understand it. That was me. And so um, hopefully if I can get it, then hopefully you can get it. Now, so if... If we're in, and most of us seen commercials or watch television and, and, and maybe seen um, things on the web, websites, and the big thing now is 5G and how you know, the, everything has now been upgraded and it continues to get upgraded for 5G, fifth generation uh, technology. Uh, and again, the, the main thing is speed. So uh, first generation, 1G came out in 1979. Yeah. And then 2G, second generation, came out in 1991. 3G, which is pretty amazing, was the first new generation of technology that came out in this millennial and in this century, came out in 2001. So right now, I have here a 3G phone. I know, some of you, some of you are like, wow, you still have that? And I saw that look in your eye, uh, Beulah. She had a look in her eye that said, what is that? <laughs> and I remember when this first came out, man, I was like, ooh, a keypad on a phone. Ooh, I am really deep. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, blackberries and all. Anyway, so. Now, so you say, well, what, what could this do? Well, this enabled... This enabled you to actually no longer be confined, watch this, to your desktop to send emails. Now you could send emails from your phone. Not only that, but it also was the first generation, meaning 3G, where you now have global roaming. So you could send an email from Cambridge to Ghana. Yeah. 
or China. So, and so you gotta remember, 2001, I know you weren't even born then, some of you, but 2001 was like, woohoo, this is amazing. Now, 3G, the, the, the speed of 3G was that this phone could process two million bytes or bits per second. Two, mil two million per second. How many of you just heard that and said, that means nothing to me? Raise your hand. Be honest. Yeah, that, that meant nothing to me. And so I discovered that a, a, a byte or a bit, byte? Okay, thank you. I thought it was a byte, but the computer person told me bit, and I'm like, okay, thanks, byte. So a byte, okay, B-Y-T-E, okay, not a high, a byte, is <laughs> basically like, and, and this is um, simply, I'm putting it, is one character, okay? So, the word faith, hi faith, <laughs> F-A-I-T-H would be how many bytes? Yes, five. Good class, I gave you the answer. So could you imagine two million of these being processed in one second. Whew. Two million. One, two, three, four, five. It took, it took me a second just to do five. In this little device, two million in one second. But then it went to 4G. In 2009, seven years later, 4G. And then with 4G, oh, I'll skip 4G. Now we're in 5G. But what 4G did was it allowed you to have things like Instagram, TikTok. Are you following me? It allowed you, how many of you, how many of you have been with Netflix or something like that for a few years? And remember, with Netflix, you, you, would, you would put your, your DVD in the envelope, and you would send it, and Netflix would bring it to your door so you wouldn't have to walk to Blockbuster and Hollywood, and cause any, you know, your children don't even know what we're talking about. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Netflix said, guess what? You don't need DVDs anymore. You can now stream. No more. <laughs> <laughs> How many of you ever got a disc that was so used <laughs> that the movie would <laughs> So now you can live stream directly to your phone. And then all those computer games you play, And now with 5G, I, today the Patriots play. And check this out. So I went to a mall on Sunday after church, no lie. And I'm walking through the mall, and I see this big screen, and the Patriots are playing. And I'm looking at my watch saying, they're not supposed to be playing now. And I said, well, maybe they're showing a pass game. But I kept looking. I said, there's something funny about the way these guys look. 
And then I realized it wasn't a real game. It was a video game. That the quality of these games, that's why they have an M by some of these games, because it can look so real. And how are they able to do that? Because where 3G processed bytes, two million bytes per second, 5G, listen to this, 5G processes 60 million bytes per second. You may say, well, what does that have to do with church? Why is this so important? I'll tell you why this is so important. Because when, when you try to do or play a game or watch a movie with a computer like that's less than this, what ends up happening is that the computer starts going <coughs> and what ends up happening is, can you show the sign next? Anybody? It, it, it is it is buffering, Buffer, buffering? Yes. Buffering, okay. You gotta help me out here. It, it's just spinning its wheels. And how many of you, you waited for a while and you decided to go on to something else? Or how many of you, you were really into it, like, yeah, yeah, and all of a sudden, it started buffering for three minutes, and then you saw it again, and then you just said, you know what, forget this. And you may say, all right, so what does this have to do with PT and the church? I'll tell you what it has to do with us. God is tired of watching the CPU, the central processing unit, which is our hearts, keep buffering, keep loading, keep processing when he speaks to us. You see, the thing I like about this phone is that I press a button and immediately, bam, the news comes up. It's not spinning around for three minutes. It immediately comes up. And you say, what does it have to do with us? When God speaks to us, he wants instant obedience, not processing. Ooh, that's good. You know what? I need to, I need to, honey, you need to, you need to sit up front here. Because I need to give, I need to give, I need to give somebody a Sit right there, okay, okay. God is tired of us procrastinating and thinking about it. And I need, you need to use wisdom. And, and I need eight scriptures to confirm. And, oh, where's Pastor Chandler? Can he confirm that? And I need a prophet where you know that God spoke to you. The devil ain't going to tell you to tithe. <laughs> the devil's not going to tell you to fast. The devil's not going to tell you, you know what? In the year 2022, I want you to start making it your business to show up at least once a week to the 6 a.m. prayer. That's not the devil. Oh, it's quiet in here. You rebuke it. Did Satan get behind me? No, the devil. That's not the devil. That is God. But you prop, you processing, and it's, and it's spinning around. It's spinning around. And God's like, you know what? I ain't got time for this. I'm going to go to somebody else who... who who knows less about me than you, but at least when your spirit speaks to me with my whole heart, 
I will agree. This is the year that you need to start processing, start procrastinating, and do what the Lord told you to do. And then have the nerve buffeting like this. Some of you have been, uh, Jamil, can I preach? Some of you have been, you've been loading for years. And then get mad at God. Why isn't he doing anything? God's like, why aren't you doing anything? Just spinning around. He wants us to obey. And, 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 and this is the season, I'm going to close with this. Because this is such an important word for where we're going that if we don't deal with the CPU, the central processing unit of our lives is not our brains, it's our hearts. The Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7 and 9, man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And, and Mark 2.22 says this. Mark 2.22 says this, that Jesus says, God cannot put new wine into an old wineskin. He's about to do a new thing. I think it's, I always get a mix-up, but I think it's, I think it's um, Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26, around there, where God says, I'm going to give you a new heart. A heart of flesh, meaning a heart that's tender to me and not a heart that is of stone that's going to fight me. And God is trying to do some new things, but we want to, we want to, we want God to do the new thing in this. Can you not agree with me, Denver, that there are things that you can do on this that you will never, I don't care how much you pray, fast, call on Jesus, there, you, you are not going to stream a movie on this. You could hookah mashanda, pina colada. You could, you could take out oil and drip it all over. And, and, no, that's not oil. <laughs> this is the oil thing. And drip it all over and say, ha, 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 yes, Lord. And that, it'll look at you saying, I can only do two million bites per second. And there's some things that God will not be able to do through you in I until we allow him to enlarge our heart. Isn't it interesting when David messed up with Bathsheba, first thing he said was, it was against you that I did this sin. And then he said, the only way I can get out of this is what? Create in me a clean heart. And purify me, purify me, create in me a clean heart so that I may worship thee. And that word worship means serve. Create in me a clean heart and purify me, purify me. I'm finished. Create in me a clean heart so that I may worship thee. Cast me not away from thy presence. Pause right there. That is the key to having our hearts being enlarged enough to have the capacity to process the new thing God is doing. To hold the suspense for you, and then we'll, we'll pray. What's a 5G church? You can write this down so you know what I'm going to talk about 5G church. A 5G church is first a gathering church. It's, it's a church 
that knows how to gather people. You, you need to be a part of a gathering. See, this is, this is a gathering. How do I know this is a gathering? You can catch this online. Because on the other side, it starts out with gather. Who, who is the group that you're gathering with? Because if you're trying to do this life on your own, then what you're really saying is, I'm better than Jesus. Because even Jesus had Peter, James, and John. The other G we were talking about is a gateway. We need to be a gathering church, a gateway church, a giving church, a giving church, a groundbreaking church. See, this is where it's going to be really tough because God is going to cause us to want to, to do things that are that are groundbreaking, do things that other churches have not done. And I'll talk about that later. And then the fifth one is a gracious church. And this is the key. This is why this church was so powerful, because it says in verse 33, great grace was on them all. God wants us to be a 5G church in this season. And we're going to see amazing things. Come on, stand up with me. Cast me not away from your presence. Please don't take your spirit from me and restore the joy of my salvation so that I may worship thee. This is my prayer to the Lord. Tell him. Create in me a clean heart and purify me, purify me. Create in me a clean heart so I may. I need to say this because some of you may say, nothing wrong with my heart. If you say nothing's wrong with your heart, that means you've been deceived. One of the most frightening scriptures is Jeremiah 29, I believe it is. Verse 11, I think it's the end. My name just says this. Maybe 17. It says, the heart is deceitful above all things. Where's that from? Jeremiah? Yeah, yeah, you're right. I knew you could count on you, Elder Jimmy. Jeremiah 17, 9 10. The heart is deceitful above all things. That's a scary thing. In other words, your heart does a lot of things. But what it's best at doing is deceiving you. Jesus, I don't care about these other 11 jokers. They may leave you, but I'll never leave you. That's Peter. Peter, before the day's over, before the alarm clock goes off, you're going to deny me three times. His heart deceives him desperately wicked, and the Bible says, who can know the heart? I pray that my wife and I regularly pray, God, we pray for the hearts of the people in Pentecostal Tabernacle that may be deceived, and we pray for our own hearts that may be deceived. And some of you are walking in deception in your heart, watch this, towards your brother and sister and then have the nerve to take communion. I, you know, I am preaching. And then, what's that scripture you read, Elder Anita? And therefore, 
because you've taken communion with an evil heart to your brother's sister, some have what? <laughs> you, you, you think this is just, you think this is a plaything. God is serious about this. And so we need to regularly say, God, create in me a clean heart. Create in me, singing our line, a clean heart and purify towards my husband. Purify towards my wife. Create in me a towards my co-worker so that I may worship thee. Cast me not. Cast me not away from your presence. Please don't take your spirit from me and restore the joy of salvation so that I may worship. One more time. Cast me not. Cast me not away from thy presence. Please don't take your spirit from me and restore the joy of my salvation so that I may worship thee. So that I, so that I, so that I may worship. It says it in Psalm 51, so that I may worship thee. Hallelujah. Let's take, let's take about a minute just to come before the Lord in prayer. Holy Spirit, create in me a clean heart. Purify my heart, Jesus. Lord, you said in Matthew chapter 5, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. I want to see you, Lord. I want to see you move in my life. I want to see you move in my children. I want to see you move in our church. Purify my heart, Lord Jesus. I, I, want, a, I want a 5G heart, a, a, a heart that processes your word quickly. A heart that responds to your word quickly. A heart that is quick to obey. I want a new, I want a new wineskin in my heart. Like it says in Mark 2, verse 22. Father, that's interested in the book of Mark. In the book of Mark. Where the word immediately is used 58 times in the Bible. 41 of those times. New Testament immediately is in the book of Mark. Lord, help us to be immediately, immediate in our obedience to you. In Jesus' name. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, maybe you have not received Jesus Christ as your Savior. And in hearing this word, God has been speaking to your heart saying, this is the year you need to give your life to me. And God is saying, I don't want you to buff it. I don't want any buffing with this word. I don't want any, you know, waiting. I don't want any spinning. I don't want any procrastination. I want you to respond because the scripture says in Hebrews chapter 3, today, if you would hear his voice, Psalm 95, today, if you would hear his voice, Harder not your heart. And the book of Hebrews says, now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. Not the day of joining a church. The day of giving your life to Jesus Christ. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed. If you never gave your life to Jesus, I don't care if you're a child or adult, and, you're, and, and God is speaking to you about, about giving your heart to Jesus, accepting him in your heart. Whether you're online or in this room, if heavy head is bowed, heavy eyes closed, if you want to receive Jesus as your Savior, could you slip up your hand and I want to make sure that I pray with you. If you want to receive Jesus, I want to make sure we don't miss anybody. Don't miss anybody. Hallelujah. 
So we want, if you could repeat this prayer after me and then we'll dismiss you. Uh, for those of you online, maybe there's somebody online that's saying, yes, I want to receive Jesus. If you're online, lift your hands right where you are because what you're saying to God, you're saying, God, I'm here. This is, this is, it's me right here. I'm, I'm the one coming to you. Repeat this prayer after me. Dear Lord, I come to you at this moment. And I admit, Lord, that I'm a sinner. My heart's not clean. My heart's not pure. But I thank you, Jesus, that you died on the cross for my sin, gave your blood on the cross, which can cleanse me from my sin. Thank you, Jesus, for rising from the grave. And now that you're alive, I am asking you, come into my heart, take away my sin, and make me a child of God. Jesus, thank you for hearing that prayer. For right now I know I am a child of God. Come on, can you just give God praise? Somebody has received the Lord, whether you are watching now or online. Jesus is now part of your life. If you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, uh, please, you can contact us with the email below the screen if it's there or send it to mail at ptspice.org so that we can be a blessing to you. Well, God bless you. If you can all bow your heads now, I want to give the closing blessing to you. Praise the name of the Lord. Put out your hands, those of you who are new. Uh, we don't give a closing prayer. We give a closing blessing. And I'm going to give a different blessing uh, based on 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14. It is the blessing that Paul gave to the church at Corinth. It says, uh, may you be blessed with the grace, the favor, and the spiritual blessings of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. May you be blessed with the agape love of God the Father. And may you be blessed with the sweet fellowship, communion, participation in your life, the manifestations of, the presence of, the face-to-face -face encounters with the Holy Spirit in your life today and throughout this week. In the name of Jesus Christ, we say, I receive that blessing. God blessing. God blessing. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Please be careful. I know we want to hug and kiss and all that stuff, but there's still a virus out there, so please be careful and um, have a wonderful week. Hey, family. Thank you so much for joining us for today's service. Special thanks to those of you who continue to generously support the work of this ministry. We are so grateful for you, and it's because of you that we can be a blessing to this community. If you enjoyed the service today, please like, share with your friends and family, and subscribe to our channel so that you can get a notification whenever our services go live. We also invite you to follow us on social media at PT Cambridge in order to stay connected to this ministry. Hey, we look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks for watching and God bless you.